Mac Power Users, Episode 102, Workflows with Jim Darripple. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users Podcast. I'm Katie Floyd, alongside with David Sparks. Hey, David. Hey, Katie. How are you? I'm doing well, and uh, you're, you're still sober as of this moment, right? Yeah, this, this is the first time I've ever po- podcasted with a Heineken in front of me, but I think it was appropriate given our guest. I think it absolutely was. And, and we have from us, uh, from The Loop and from Amplified, Jim Darreppel. Welcome, Jim. Hi, guys. And from Canada. Yeah. All the way from Canada. I don't think we've ever... Well, we have had a Canadian on the show. Wendy's from Canada. Yeah, definitely. I've been looking forward to this. We've been looking forward to having you. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege. I didn't know anybody cared about my workflow. We Everybody cares about your <laughs> workflow. You have been one of our most requested workflow guests. All right. Really. But but what people really want... Yeah, they really want to know all your secrets. You know, one thing I've learned over... The years, I don't think there are any secrets. <laughs> I, I really don't. So I'll give, I'll give away everything that I can. You know, it's funny, Jim. You're kind of right on that. You know, everybody gets all hot and bothered about whatever's coming next from Apple. And then when they do announce it, it's kind of obvious. Well, I mean, everybody has... I, that's the great thing about a workflow is that everybody's is a little bit different based on what they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, mine, mine has actually taken a, a long time. Maybe I'm just not as smart as everybody else, but mine has taken a long time to develop over the years as I started to whittle things out of, of what I did. And, you know, that's, that's part of learning what works for you. Absolutely. One of the benefits is, you know, that you're out on your own. So you're, you're kind of the master of your domain. You get to decide how a lot of the stuff gets done now. Well, yeah. And, and that's important too. You know, when, when I was at Macworld, they had, um, you know, a, a way of posting and a way of the, the way that things had to be done. But my personal workflow changed as those requirements changed, you know, cause you might need to, to mark things. You're, you mark your story up with code before it goes into the system or, you know, there's all kinds of different things that you have to do. So, you know, uh, sometimes all stories require a, a, a picture or some kind of an image. So you have to make sure that that's prepared and it's important to, to do things, I think, in, in the same way all the time so that you don't forget anything. You know, you put a story in and, and it's not marked up properly and then you have to go back and it's a waste of time. You, you know, so you do your image, you do your story, you mark it up and everything is along the same lines. But there's always ways to improve that workflow. And, and we're talking about loopinsight.com, which is, is Jim's website, which is fantastic. I, I, I think that one of the best things about your site is the voice. I mean, you're just so funny the way you put this stuff up and I, it just tickles me. I mean, yesterday I was telling you <laughs> earlier that that post you made about the official Twitter app. I mean, I was I was snorting, you know, it was just like two paragraphs. But it, it just said what it said what I knew in my guts, but I hadn't really thought through. And <laughs> the way you said it was so funny. I just love it. I- I love that you say everything that I'm thinking and wish that I could say, but <laughs> people would then be really mad at me. Well, you know, some people are uh, get mad at me too, and 
I, I think that's unfortunate that, that some people do, but I've found that the majority of people, um, I, I re- they're kind of tired of, of reading a story and then wondering what it said. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, you start off and you seem angry that this had, this happened, you know, like with Twitter and then it kind of evens out. And then towards the end, it's all mellow and you're thinking, well, are you mad or are you not mad? Should I be mad or should I be happy? I, I don't get it. And I just, uh, you know, I thought that I, I should just be myself. And if I'm angry about something then I'm going to be angry about it and I'll post and, you should know by the time you finish reading, whether it's one line or, you know, a thousand words, you should know how I feel about whatever subject I'm writing about. And I think that is important. And it's just like this tweet about um, Tweetbot for Mac beta and Twitter. It's clear from reading it that you are thankful to Twitter because at the end you say thanks, Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure that's what he meant because sarcasm <laughs> is never lost on the Internet. No, no. I, it's uh, – yeah, there, there are a lot, of, a lot of important things. And with mine, with the loop, I mean it's, it's such a simple site and it's simple on purpose – but my workflow is just as simple and that workflow has, has changed so much over the years, but it's just as simple, but I want to be able to post something quickly as it comes into my head. And, you know, that part of it is important to me. It's important that I be able to post from wherever I am. You know, I don't yeah, want, you- I don't want to have this giant setup in, in my, my office where I need all of that gear in order just to post something, you know? Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the loop. How did that come to be? How, how did you decide I'm, I'm going to start this website? And then how did you decide what the voice of the website would be? Because that's something that may be a little hard to change from time to time. How did you decide I'm just going to write whatever the heck I want and people can be <laughs> pissed off at me if they want to be? Well, I, I've been, I've been doing it for 20 years now. So I, I think I've I've developed a voice over the years and when I left Macworld in 2009 I decided right away that I was going to start a, another site and this one would be more of my voice it would be more of the way that I communicate with people on a regular basis I'm no different on the website than I am if we sit down and have a beer you know I'm 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 pretty open and I, the way I talk is the way that I write. So that's what I thought was really kind of missing for me. And that's what I wanted to create. And I, I started the site and it, it, it was, it didn't really work out the first iteration for me. It really wasn't what I wanted it to be. It was kind of you know, a mix of all the sites that were out there. And I wanted something different than that. So last September, a year ago today, I relaunched the site uh, with this format. And that has worked out really well for me. Well, I always thought that your site had good content, but it was so noisy with the the way the ads were. I I would always just read it in RSS. Yeah, it was terrible. And the way you do it now is awesome. I mean, it's really, I think, a model for so many other people on the internet to follow. 
And, you know, you've, you've got a couple good premier advertisers and you're able to, to make something that's really pleasant to look at. I mean, I, I, I've definitely modeled maxbarkey.com after some of the stuff you've done. Thank you. Uh, you know, because I think it's the way to go. It, it should be like this. It should be a, a pleasant experience. You shouldn't, you know, have to click through 17 things to read an article. And like you never do those posts where you have to click through 10 images, you know, to get yeah. 10 ad impressions. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's an honest website. And boy, I sure hope that that, that becomes the trend. Well, and, and I think that's one of the, the key points, whether you like what I post or you don't like what I post, it's honest. That's, that's how I feel. You know, I, I don't, as a writer, if you sit down and say, geez, I'd, I'd really like to get 20,000 page views today. What can I write to make that happen? Yeah. Then you, sh- you should quit. You know, that's, that's not the right thing to, to do. I mean, if you, if you sit down and you say, you know, this, this Twitter thing is really kind of making me mad. I'm going to write something on that today. And you write it and it gets 20,000 pages. That's, that's great. You know? Yeah. I, I, I'm lucky because, you know, I have a day job which, you know, it's tough to do two things at once, but I, I do have a day job. And the Max Sparky stuff or the podcast, I have never done anything to get downloads or page views. Yeah. It's never even been a consideration to me. It's just like, I feel like there's something I need to say and I'm going to say it. Uh, I did a post this week about some nerdy Hazel script. I, I doubt anybody on the internet cares, but, you know, it's something that was important to me. And I'm lucky that way. I always wonder if I'm being uh, too righteous because there's people who need to write to put bread on the table and you know that's got to be a huge incentive to them to say well if i can get more views i can make more money and if i can make more money i can you know go on vacation or do whatever it is or pay my kids you know dental bill or whatever i mean i i really i really feel for those people i don't know what they do because the whole system is built around them generating these silly page views so, th- so then when I see a guy like you who is in those shoes, who is doing this to put bread on the table and has got the guts to do it the way you've done, I, I really admire that. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that I, because it, it is kind of a, a burden, but it's not. I mean, one of the most freeing experiences I think I've had as a writer is to not care about page views anymore. And I posted earlier today that August, which just ended yesterday, was the largest page view month for the loop ever in, in the three years that it's been going. So, you know, at, at a time when I don't care about page views, and I, I don't because that's not how I make my money, you know, I have that one premium advertiser from the deck, and I have sponsorships, which page views don't mean anything. Um you know, I can, I can write what I want and I can feel comfortable in writing what I want. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm in a different position than a lot of other people that do have to care about those page views and I feel bad for them as well. And I was in that boat, you know, I'm I'm not trying to be self-righteous and everything. I was there, you know, I, I face those same realities that everybody else is facing. I'm just not there anymore. You know, it's I've, like that scene in Indiana Jones, right? Where uh, was it the third one where he jumps off, walks off that cliff, <laughs> right? Yeah, that was a big cliff too. And you did it. 
you did it. So, so good for you. So, so tell us, how do you pull it off though? What, what kind of hardware and software are you using to make the loop run? Well, a number of years ago, I, I stopped using a desktop computer for my work because I really wanted to have everything I needed with me all the time. And when you use a, I mean, for a long time, I used a desktop. And then when I traveled, I would take whatever laptop I was using at the time. But then you have to spend days making sure that everything is updated and, you know, transfer all your files. And it it was just, it was too much, especially when I traveled as much as I did. So I started working exclusively on a laptop. And that's what I do now. So any apps that I need are there. Um, right now I'm using, uh, retina 15 inch. And just before that I was using, uh, a 13 inch air, which was beautiful. Both of those computers are beautiful. So I'm, I'm all the way on laptops now. I have got my, even, even when I'm, I'm here, I'm down in my, my studio. I've got my 15 inch computer with me. So do you, did you, um, buy the Retina MacBook Pro, or is that still the the loaner for your review? That's still the loaner loaner from Apple. So, so have you decided yet if you're going to bite the bullet or? Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's it's a beautiful computer. Um, now I, you I, were using in a a 13 inch Air before as your main machine, right? Right. And what have been the big? Di- is it just processor speed that makes the big difference? Is it? The screen being bigger or, or more dense with more pixels that lets you do more on a, a larger surface area, or what's been the big difference? It's the screen. Yeah, I, re- I really love the screen. <laughs> I just, I can't give it up. Every time I think about going back to my my thirteen, I I just love this so much that and it really does make that much of a difference. Um, before my my thirteen, I was actually trying out an eleven. Wow, I, that's a big change. Yeah, I didn't like the 11 because most websites, and this is something that I tried to, to do when I redesigned the loop, most websites, you you have to scroll on an 11 just to get to the content. Because yeah. the, Meaning you know, like the, the, the header at the top is too big? Right. Okay. So and you, you bring up a website in an 11-inch, and all you see basically is the logo and an ad. And then you have to scroll down to get to the content. So no matter what site I visited, uh, except for maybe uh, Gruber's, you know, you were scrolling all the time. And it's just it was just a pain. You know, I didn't want to visit a website and start scrolling. I want to visit a website and start reading. So I, I moved up to the 13 inch and it was perfect. You know, you could load a website and start reading and then scroll if you needed to. Um, and, it, and it worked out really well. The 15 uh, the screen is just so amazing. Um, and, you know, who doesn't enjoy a little bit more real estate when you're when you're working and, you know, moving things around your screen? It's always nice to have. How much has uh, weight or portability been a factor? Well, I the, well, obviously the 13 and, and the 11, it's just like carrying a magazine. You know, it's there's no weight to it at all. As a matter of fact, I, I I think that the charger weighs more than the computer does. You know, yeah. when you're when you're packing things in your bag, it's it's more of a pain to put the charger in than it is to actually carry the computer. So that wasn't so bad. The 15 does add a little bit more, um, 
but not enough to, I mean, I used to travel with a 17, so, you know, that was pretty heavy. So the, the 15 does add a little bit more. I mean, if you're going to be backpacking across Europe, then, you know, you might want, might not want to take that, but on a, on a plane ride to business meetings and stuff like that, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, what are you, I, what are you, you toting know, it around in? Do you have a preferred bag or case? I do. And I have had the same bag for at least a decade. And it's a, a Brent Haven um, backpack. Uh, Katie's a big fan of Brent Haven. I love Brent Haven. I have a Brent Haven backpack, but I've got Tom Ben for just about everything else now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What, what's, what type of backpack do you have from Brent Haven? Um, it's just... Is it the big black one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I've got two of those and that's what I've used. I mean, I've and I've, you know, traveled so much that I I don't when I get into a hotel room after, you know, an 8-hour flight or something like that, I just take the bag off and throw it in the bed and it bounces off and hits the floor and hits the wall and you know, and no computer has ever gotten broken uh with that bag. So, I've people have offered to send me bags and no, there's no point. Don't. I I got the Tom Ben uh, backpack. I've never used a backpack since I was in like high school, <laughs> but uh, I'm getting old, and I realize when I carry it on one shoulder, it actually gets sore. So <laughs> I got the Tom Ben backpack, and I really like it. They've got that. Uh, what's it called? A brain box where you stick the the MacBook Pro in there, and it's it's like built to be dropped. There's some nice. There's some really good vendors making bags right now for the for the Mac, but you, on picking the, the device, I'm like you. I mean, there's part of me that has always been jealous of the 11 inch Air owners, just because it's just so light. Just the idea of having a computer that powerful that is that small. There's just something inherently cool about that. But you know, when I'm sitting at a computer, the loss of the 11 inch is that you lose the battery. You, you don't have as good of a battery, and the screen is smaller. And for the time I'm sitting at this, the computer, I'd, I'd much rather have that be more convenient to me than the extra few ounces and the bigger footprint from a slightly smaller, uh, higher, uh, bigger computer. So that's what led me to use the 13 inch for several years. But like you, I saw that 15 inch MacBook Pro screen and there's just no way I could unsee it. Yeah. So I'm using one now. And so far I'm, I'm really happy with it. I mean, the, the screen is just gorgeous, right? Because I do a lot of writing like you and looking at text all day. Why not have it look like a piece of paper? Well, I mean, the text is, and that's something that, that a, lot, a lot of people that haven't seen it don't understand. It's not just images. I mean, images look spectacular, yes, but so does text. I, I mean, you know, my my eyes are getting older and anything that I can do to make things better looking and better clarity is is better for me you know you don't then you don't get eye strain and your head doesn't hurt and you know you just sit and it's comfortable and it's you know you double tap on on a website even you know go to the loop and double tap on on a story and it blows up nice and big it's just so crisp and clear and beautiful Uh, the text is amazing i just i i can't get over it I mean, having having the right tools to work with is just as important as what you say. Yeah. So how about that? When you go to the loop and you decide you want to write this tweet, uh, this post about Twitter, right? 
do do you do that from the web interface or do you have a backend stuff? I mean, what what are the steps you use to make it happen? So I have two ways that that I post. One is just straight through the the web interface. I use WordPress. Really? The loop is built on WordPress. It, it is. Wow. Yeah. Do you worry about that? I mean, all these hacks for WordPress that come through. I mean, you probably got somebody helping you with that, right? Well, yeah, I'm not uh I'm not smart enough to do all the server stuff and everything myself. Yeah. Um yeah, I have uh Rick Fillin and and uh, Phil Eterno uh helped me quite a bit with well, they they actually did the design when I redesigned the site. Um they actually implemented everything for me. So people write and say how did you do this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I called Rick. I, I, I called Rick and said, Hey, Rick, Phil, I, I, I got this problem. And then I, you know, reload the site and it's fixed. So yeah, perfect. So how did you Done. do How did you do that? Well, I called Rick, you know? Uh, so yeah, they, they did all of the, the hard work for me. I, I would just look at it and say, um, yeah, I like that or no, I don't. That's, that was basically my involvement. Um, and it was, it was funny just as an, an aside when, when Phil said that he would design it for me, I said, okay, but don't, from this point on, don't listen to anything I say. You, you, <laughs> okay. you just, you, you know what I want and what I want is what I have right there on the site yeah. now. And I said, now don't listen to anything else that I say. He said, okay. So I would call him and I'd say, Rick, I got this great idea. What if we put this over here? It would be wonderful. No. Okay. Okay. I can't listen to you, Jim. I'll call him back the next day. What if we do this? This would be great. No. Okay. So it was good that he did that. Yeah. Um, Because I ended up with exactly what I wanted. And, uh, you know, those, those two guys were, were great in getting everything done. So, for posting, I, I go into the web interface, and a lot of times I, I do it from there. The other way that I do it is with MarsEdit. Uh, yeah, from, it's a great app. Yeah, Daniel Jalkett has uh, uh, released a great app. He's a great developer, and, uh, you know, I really I like the stuff that he does. So Yeah, we even had him on the show once. Oh, so yeah? He's, yeah, he did a workflow show with us. Yeah, I, I really like Daniel. I'd never tell him that, but... Yeah, me either. You know, I... I got to give him a hard time whenever I can. Um, and you so, can do all the the linking that you do, where your your titles link back to the actual original post, and you do all that through Marzetan. Yeah, I got to get get Daniel to give me a tutorial. Yeah, because I'm only all, using it to like a fraction of its ability, apparently. Oh, everything will will work. Um, you know, if you you put in the custom fields and stuff right. like that. So yeah, I mean. Use Mars Edit. Use the web interface. I mean, a lot of times, if I'm if we're making big server changes, which we're doing right now, um, I'll use the the web interface to make sure that everything works okay. Um, but and, and I, I I was talking about this a little bit before. WordPress is actually a, a bit too much for what I need. You know, I, I see a lot of sites have 
you know, lots of different things going on on their pages that are all controlled from the back end of WordPress, like, you know, related items here and, and other stories you may like and all that kind of stuff are, are all over the pages. And I don't have that. So I, re- yeah, that's good though. It really. is good. <laughs> I, I, I think it is good. I really do. Um, one for, for speed, you know, I want people to be able to come in as fast as they can and read the story and then if they want to leave leave without you know scripts loading and all that kind of stuff I, it, oh, yeah. I used to have that at mac sparky where you would have all these things where you could share an article on these yep. web services and everything and nobody ever did it it was almost never used and it was taking up all those pixels and it had to load what is it, i guess javascript yeah. in the back to make all that happen i killed all that stuff just done so did i and, you know, if, if anybody out there is worried about killing stuff on their website, here's what I did when I decided to, to kill something. Uh, like, take the um, social media buttons on the bottom of each story. I, I just took them out one day. I just commented out the, uh, the code that would make them load and, yeah. and waited. And not a single person said a word. I, I told myself that I would wait for a day. And if the complaints were bad, that I would bite the bullet and put them back on. After a week, not a single person had said anything. And then, yeah. and then I think somebody mentioned it. And when I said, did anybody notice that they were gone? I, I guess that there's even scripts out there that, or, or extensions for the browser that will block them. And people's, they just didn't care. Yeah. And and that's the, the type of thing that when when I see social media buttons and and items like that, they're there for me. They're not there for the reader. Because I want the reader to share the story. If the reader wants to share the story, they'll share it. They'll find a way to share it. But yeah, but agreed. to have that stuff in, in the website that was selfish on my part and all I was doing was impeding the reader from doing what they wanted to do. And that's read a story. So do do you ever post from your iPhone or your iPad? Yeah. Yeah. Use the WordPress app for that or I use the WordPress app. I just downloaded a new one um, for the iPad. I forget what it's called now. It looked pretty cool. There was a new one. I think posts. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I also use, let me see, I'll, I'll look while I'm talking here. Um, I also use another one that was also pretty cool. Um, I'm looking on my iPhone now to see if I actually have it here. Maybe it's on my iPad instead. Which yeah, I, this posts app looks nice. It is. It is very nice. I, it's. It's kind of cool. Now, with that, I'm not sure that I can do my my links. Um, I've been messing around with it, and that's one thing that I have yet to to try. So, I it's funny. The other night, here's here's something. Make sure you're doing the right thing. I was on my test site the other night, and I was we're working on the servers, you know, improving everything and reinvesting uh, a lot of money in and what we're doing. And I, I posted 
a, a test post. Except I wasn't on the on the, the test site. I was on the live site. Uh oh. <laughs> so uh yeah, that was that was kinda awkward because it just said I, I think I said like test live post or something and then you know, I had a one sentence thing in there that said just testing a post. And then all of a sudden on Twitter I started getting all these things. Yeah, the post worked. And I thought, geez, how's everybody getting to the test site? Yeah, that's uh, that's not good. And then, I, and then I looked, and I was on the live site. So, in in that case, my workflow did not work properly because I was. I usually I have two browsers open for stuff like that, so I know where I am. I completely lost where I was on the web, and you know, thought that I was on the test site when I wasn't. So, learn from that. Easy to do yes. with all that real estate on the. MacBook Pro Retina, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I I don't know. I mean for for posting, it's it's all what makes you feel comfortable. I mean, I like to write separately than I post a lot of times, especially if I'm doing a live story. Uh or I'm sorry, a, a large story. If I do a, a large story, I'll use BB Edit. And I've used BB Edit since uh, I think 1995. Yeah, uh, to write. Do you, do you write it in HTML or do you just write it in plain text? Just text. Yeah, write it in text, and when I'm when I'm done with it, um, I just copy and paste it, the whole thing, throw it into WordPress or Mars Edit, and post. You know, yeah. and do, that, do you have like a an editing workflow? Like I noticed that because I read your site all the time and. There's never any typos. Everything's always really clean, at least that, I, that I've seen. Whereas when I'll put a post up, I will read it for a half hour and put it up and realize I misspelled my name anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and it seems like you don't have those issues. I, Maybe just because you're better at it than I am, which is, is true. But uh, also, I would imagine you have, you've got some kind of way to, to do that stuff. Uh, I'll tell you, I learned, I, I do make, uh, I do make mistakes on the site all the time and people are very kind in, in writing and saying, Hey, you know, you have a little typo. I made one in the, in the title yesterday of a, in the headline of a story yesterday and somebody wrote, and I thought, Oh, why, yeah. why did I do that? And, and that's forever because even if you fix it, it's still going to be in the URL yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I write, especially uh, a long story, I found that reading the story is fine. Uh, you know, you can read the text and it might sound, you know, it's still the same as what you wrote it. I don't know why it is, but for me, I like to, to preview the story on the site and, and look at it and read it as a reader would see it. Yeah. And then I don't know why, but it, it seems like... I'm able to pick out more things when I read it. I just say, oh, gee, that, that sounds kind of hinky. I, I don't really like the way that sounds. And then I'll go back and I can, you know, rewrite that sentence or fix a, a grammatical error, error uh, or whatever needs to be done. But reading it on the site, previewing it there seems to help. So that's that's what I try and do. And, the you know, the short ones that I do. It's uh, it's best to do those as well, but you know those are very quick to to punch up and you look at it and say yeah that's that's about as ignorant as I want to be today. Yeah, I, I have the, in my day job I have a similar thing where because I, I write in a fixed space 
uh, font, you know, because then I can see each piece of grammar and everything gets its own character in a sense. But when I want to proofread it, I will always convert it to a serif font and print it out and read it in completely different text size, text face and everything. And I always find mistakes that I won't see any other font. And I don't know if it's psychological, uh, but to me, it feels like I catch more errors that way. Well, yeah, I mean, people could be listening to me talk about previewing a story and think, well, geez, you're crazy. You know, why can't you just pick it out in, in the, the text that you're writing in? I, I wish I knew. I really do. But it just seems to work. And the, even the, the stuff that I do for tech opinions, uh, when I write those more analytical pieces, uh, I do the same thing there. I preview it. I read through as I find something that I don't like, I go back, I fix it. I reload the page, read through, you know, and I just keep doing that until I, I hit the bottom and I'm, I'm satisfied. Yeah. I think something about it, just getting out of your comfort zone, you know, where you wrote it is where you're comfortable with it. And maybe getting it out of there is, well, I've got some other questions to ask you about how you run the loop, but maybe before we do that, we should take a quick break and talk about our first sponsor, and it's our exclusive sponsor for this episode, and that's Smile Software. Uh, and I wanted to talk first about Text Expander. And David, I have a lot of people who have written and said, you know, you Mac attorneys, you're always talking about how you use Text Expander in really geeky ways, and you use it in your work. And last time I talked about how I use it for, for pleadings and forms and all of this stuff, but how would a, a normal person use text expander if, if maybe I'm not doing technical support or maybe I'm not doing, you know, forms and pleadings and things like that over and over again. And I said, well, you know, text expander is really an application that anybody could use because do you make typos? Yes. Text expander can help you with that. Do you type the same thing over and over again? Well, like what? Like your phone number, like your address, like your email address, uh, like the same sentence or phrase or greeting or closing or anything else, Text Expander can help you with that. Yeah, I've got a friend who's um, from Russia, and his name is really hard for me to type. It's just, it's spelled in a way that doesn't make any sense to me. And so I've got an expansion snippet for his name. Anytime I write him, I have to use a Text Expander snippet. Anything. Anything that you're typing and you have to stop and think for a minute, then that's a trigger to you that you should probably have a text expander snippet. And the thing is the barrier to entry is so small. All you have to do is type it once and then you can copy it. And then text expander has a little tool. If you right click it on the menu bar, it says create snippet from clipboard. Mm -hmm. And then you just, it opens a little dialogue box. You type in your snippet phrase and you're off to the races. It's great. Or how many words do you have that have camel caps or have little um, special characters in between them? I use Text Expander extensively, like I said, just for typos. You know, there's certain words that no matter how hard I try, I'm going to mistype them from time to time. Even my name. When I'm typing so fast, sometimes the T and the A will, will get flipped. And, y- you know, you, you really do kind of look foolish if you send out stuff where your name's spelled wrong. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. I've got my, my own Text Expander snippet. What I've done is I've downloaded, they've got a set of autocorrect snippet that you can download from their website that the folks at Tidbits have worked on. But then I've got my own set of Text Expander snippets for just my typos. So if I find that I'm constantly misspelling a word, I'll stick it in Text Expander and create a snippet for it. Like AT&T, instead of having to type capital A, capital T, uh, the little amber stand and the capital T. I just type ATT and 
uh, it will automatically expand. For some reason, I always type bellow when I mean to type below. <laughs> That's a little embarrassing. And so I've got a text expander snippet that will fix that too. I was giving people instructions to my house the other day, which I do quite commonly. So I've got a text expander snippets for directions. I just type D-I-R semicolon and out expands directions. If you're coming from the interstate, this is how you get here. If you're coming from downtown, this is how you get here. I've got text expander snippets for all of my phone numbers and lines of my address. I mean, it just goes on and on. There are so many ways that you can use text expander. Before you even get to the geeky complex ways like the fill-in forms and HTML and the scripting and Perl and all of those other amazing things that you can do with Text Expander. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I've ever have I ever talked on the show about my meeting snippet. I've got this really cool meeting snippet that the day before every morning I look at all the meetings for the next day, and I send an email out to everyone I'm meeting the next day, and it says, "Hey, you know, just reminding you we have a meeting tomorrow at X time." And the three things I want to talk about are X, Y, and Z and uh, confirming and I'll see you there. And it takes me seconds because I have a snippet that expands all of that. I do use fill in forms for that, but fills in really quickly, sends it off to them. And then, you know, the people I'm meeting with never get surprised or forget about it. When they show up, they already know what we're going to talk about and just take seconds. I, uh, I just use this application for so much. Right. Well, I'm going to start sharing more of my snippets on the website. I made a, a tab at Max Barkey for text expander snippets, and they're going to start going up because it's just too useful. One of the things that I find that the people get confused about with utilities like this is, oh, now I have to go through and I have to make all this stuff. But just imagine, you know, taking that all that mundane stuff out of your day. You know, it really does help a lot. You know, even if you're typing your name, your uh, uh, title, the website address, you know, just simple stuff like that. You just hit three letters or two letters. Boom. Done. Yeah. And you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to get it and fill it up with a thousand snippets. Right. Just use a couple. And once you start seeing the benefit of that, then it organically grows itself. I mean, I've got this massive snippet library, but I've been building it for years. Absolutely. And what I do is I usually, I create my snippets and then I create abbreviations for them. And what I do is I use the semicolon to trigger them. So if I'm going to type my phone number, it's usually PH semicolon. And my semicolon is the trigger. That way the, the snippets don't automatically, you know, trigger every time I type PH. So there are a million ways that you can use Text Expander. You can learn all about it by going to Smile's website at smilesoftware.com. Text Expander for Mac is $34.95. If you've bought any previous version of Text Expander, you can upgrade for only $15. Uh, and they also have a version for iOS, so you can find Text Expander Touch in the App Store for $4.99. Everything syncs via Dropbox, and I think if you go to the Text Expander website, you might see a cute little video done by Max Sparky. Yeah, I did one for the 4.0 version. It shows the fill-in snippets. If you don't get that, check it out. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and uh, thanks, Smile, for their kind support of our show. So, Jim, one of the things I wanted to ask you about the loop is you don't do this by yourself. You've got a couple of other collaborators that you use. Obviously, we know you use people to help you with the design and things like that, but also to post. How do you manage the the people in the loop and, and create both a uniform voice and decide who's going to do what and who's going to post what so that you're not duplicating effort and talking over each other, because I know you don't have a central office where you all meet in daily. So how do you, how do you collaborate cross country, cross, cross the globe? 
I just yell a lot. Well, you probably can. <laughs> uh, Peter Cohen um, has, we've worked together since I think 1996. And he's uh, he, he's just the best guy ever. I, I just love Peter. Uh, I'd, I'd second that. Peter is pretty awesome. He does the Angry Mac Bastards podcast. And that was the first time I had ever really got exposed to him. He probably yells a lot too. Yeah. Well, no, but then you meet him in person. He's just the nicest guy. He really is. Or at least he was to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he is a, a, a very nice guy, and he's v- very talented guy, too. Uh, he's a, a great writer. When it comes to, to games, whether it's software or hardware, he knows everything i just default everything to him somebody writes me a question i cc peter back and say talk to peter (laughs) you don't want me answering this uh so peter just peter knows uh what kind of stuff I, i like to to see posted and to be perfectly honest he's he's free to post whatever he wants there is no um, you know, Peter, I think you should not post that story because it might anger somebody. You know, if Peter has an opinion on something, then he should be free to post it the same as I am. If if I really trust him as a as a writer and a friend, then he should do that, and he does. Yeah, yeah. And so, the, I guess the answer to the question is: you you work with people you trust. Well, that's, yeah, that's a big thing. And, you know, Sean King is, is now posting some stuff as well. And, you know, I mean, it, I've known Sean for 20 years. It, it took until, you know, last year for, for Sean to be the, the third member. And it, it's just because I, I want to make sure that I know the people who are going to be posting and Sean posts great stuff. You know, it's different than the stuff that Peter and I post. And that's the way it should be. I don't want somebody that's going to post the exact same thing that I would post. I don't want somebody that's going to try and and mimic things that I would say. I want somebody that that honestly believes in the same type of stuff that that we do. Even though they I may have a different opinion, there's some things that have posted on the site that I don't agree with. You know that me personally, when I look at it, I I may say, nah, I, I think you're wrong. But that's okay. Because it's it's Peter's opinion. Yeah. It's it's not my opinion. If I want to write something, then you know, I'll do that. So it's important to, to trust the people that you have there. I know that there are a lot of sites that um, you know, they have a ton of people posting and writing and they either have a central editor that will, you know, look at that and send it back and do a rewrite and do all this kind of stuff. I, I just think it's better to get talented people up front that, you know, are going to write quality stuff or in this case, you know, find some quality links. And sometimes they have nothing to do with the Mac or iPhone or technology at all. I mean, Sean posted something the other night about desserts for dudes. You know, it was funny. 
That was like beer-covered marshmallow something or other? (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a lot of good stuff out there on the internet that you can find to to talk about that people will find interesting. And it's not all, you know, about how to code a new iPhone app. Do you think that there's a limit on how far you could go with that? Like, you've got two people working with you now. If it got to 10, for instance... I mean, at some point, don't you think you'd have to have more control over it? Well, I I, I guess that's, you know, really based on what you want to do. I mean, I have I have no interest in, you know, being the next media, a global Murdoch thing. You know, that's that's not my my idea of a successful company. Uh, my idea of success is what I'm doing right now. Sure. So would I, would I like more money? Absolutely. Definitely. I, I love money. I really do. Uh, so yeah, I want more money. I want more guitars. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to have all that stuff. And I would like to have all of that uh, for Peter and Sean too. But to grow... I, I don't think that for me, the right way to grow is to, to add people, to add more stories, to add more page views. That, yeah. that's, that's not growth to me. That's kind of a scattershot thing that, you know, you're just, you're looking at the bottom line of page views and, and trying to publish as many stories as possible. And that, and, and that's why in my experience, when I do my, you know, semi-annual purge of, sites from my rss feed the loop never gets cut because thank you (laughs) it's the signal to noise you know you don't have so many articles you have you have a nice flow of articles and they're all pretty good or or at least many of them are of interest to me well and that's something i don't think that people understand we actually work very hard in picking the stories that that we're going to post and it's it's not as easy as what it may seem to to pick a story and be able to you know pick out what you think is the relevant part of that story and to be able to comment on that i mean sometimes that's just as hard as uh going to a a site and rewriting one of the stories or maybe even harder you know i don't i don't like to to just rewrite a story that's already posted on another site. If it's posted on the other site and I think it's good enough, then why not just link to it and let you go read the original? Why, why should I bother rewriting it uh, so that I can get an extra page view? I'll, I'll get whatever page views I need uh, because the content and my opinion on that story is what you came to see. Is there an overarching theme of the loop? I mean, is there a bigger story you get as a result of the things you choose to link? Um, well, I, I I think it comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. I mean, the the, the overarching thing the, is all about honesty. You know, it's about being honest with your opinions, um, you know, whether they're sarcastic or funny um, or or very serious, you know the the whole Samsung lawsuit. Well, I was having a, just a blast with that because it was just like 
you know, the, the Keystone Cop lawyers for Samsung were just making my day. Every day they gave me new material to use. And, yeah. and, and that's great. But it was also a very serious thing. I mean, the, the more that you look at, at what Samsung did, the more you realize how much they actually stole. And, you know, that's a strong word. And I've used it often, but that's what I believe that they did. You know, so it's imp- it was important for me during the trial to pick out these these little things that I saw happening and that other sites were using, you know, in, in as part of their story that I would pick out one small piece and say, see, that's what I'm talking about. That right there. The fact that they sent a memo and said, make it more like the iPhone. Yeah, that's theft. There's just no way around that. That's theft. So, you know, you can use whatever whatever mechanism works for you, if that's, you know, sarcasm or humor or just, you know, being straight up with it. And I, I did write a couple of, of uh, longer pieces about Samsung and Apple. And, you know, all of those mixed together got my point across. And, and that's, that's what I think was important. Yeah. Well, it's got to feel good. Uh, cause you just made an amazing website and a lot of people like it. My, my wife reads the loop. That's the only Apple related website she reads and Whoa. cause she likes your voice, you know, and, and she's not a geek, but you make it accessible to her. So that's, that's her connection to my world. So if you write about it, then, then she knows about it. Well, thank you. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it is. Tell her thank you. Yeah. The um but you are you're also a musician. Yes. And I and I want to talk about that, but maybe we should talk about our second sponsor first. Or actually our second ad spot, because this is an exclusive sponsorship from Smile. And I'd like to talk a little bit about PDF Pin. Now PDF Pin is Smile's PDF application for the Mac and the iPad. And today I'd like to talk a little bit about the iPad version because it's really great. It got best in show at Macworld this year. It's got some fantastic tools and it's usable for humans. You know, the way they they built this application, the interface is real simple and I love it. Uh, I I love it so much that I did a, I think it was like a 49 minute screencast on it that just went up uh, just last week. Katie, have you watched it yet? Could you get through it? Oh yeah, I watched it the first day it came out. Yeah. So it's great. I went through and just talked about how I use it in my daily life. And one of the great things I like about PDF Pin for iPad is that it's the first app I've ever used that can use the iCloud and Dropbox syncing technologies simultaneously. That's huge. And I, yeah. And I look at them very differently. Like, so I can keep a bunch of documents on Dropbox that I may want to access on my PDF Pin. But then I've got like what I call the hot documents, you know, the 10 or 15 documents that I'm really working on a lot right now. And I like syncing those through iCloud because they're faster and I don't have to push any buttons. It just happens. So I can be sitting in a coffee shop working on a contract, for instance, on my iPad. And then when I get back to the office, it's already on my Mac with PDF pin on my Mac. And it works so fast that it even works between two rooms. Like if I'm sitting in my office, I can go to my conference room and and it just happens. So it's a super feature. And, you know, this is the only company that's got an application both for the Mac and the iPad, and they've really capitalized on it with this iCloud integration. Uh, it's just a super application. Yeah. And if you like PDF Pen for iPad, you're going to love PDF Pen for Mac because PDF Pen for Mac is the full-featured PDF editor 
for Mac. And that's a word you don't hear very often, PDF editor, because it can do all kinds of things to your PDF. You can actually edit PDFs with PDF Pen. If you need to add annotations because maybe you're proofreading, you can do that. If you want to redact sensitive information from your PDFs, it will take care of that. And we're not talking about the type of redaction where they just put like a little box over something. And if you want to see what used to be there before, you take your mouse and you move the box. No, PDF Pen for Mac will actually remove the data on both the image and the data layer. Uh, It will do OCR, and we've talked about if you're going to go paperless or if you want to search inside your PDFs to, to better organize your documents, how important having OCR is so that you can find all of your stuff. So it will add this additional layer of searchable text Uh, into your documents. You can move around images. You can, ooh, did you just find a typo and now you can't maybe go back to your original document and you just want to change one little thing? PDF Pen for Mac will help you do that as well. And if you go up to the Pro version, you can do all kinds of things with the Pro version, including create PDF forms. So if you're in an office environment or if you're constantly trying to get the same information back from people, create your own PDF forms and they can fill them out and send them back to you. You can also create PDFs that have interactive table of contents and convert entire websites into PDFs. So maybe you want to download a website for for reading on an airplane, or maybe you want to download your own website and make some edits to it. I did this recently at the office when we were going through a website redesign, sucked down the entire thing into a PDF and distributed it to people and said, here, make your changes, see what you want to do. Uh, So you can find PDF Pen uh, for the iPad and the iTunes Store for $15, or you can get PDF Pen for Mac, $60 for the regular version, or $100 for PDF Pen Pro. And you can find this great screencast as well as tons more information, again, over at smilesoftware.com. So, Jim, what kind of hardware are you using to do all of this awesome music that you are? You're doing all that, I don't think, on your Retina MacBook Pro, right? Don't you have a a Mac Pro or an iMac? Yeah, I actually do uh, all of that on a a Mac Pro. That's where I'm recording this right now. Um, It's a 2.8 quad-core Mac Pro that I use. And... Is that one of the newer ones, or... Are you a couple of generations? I'm using air quotes when I say the word newer. <laughs> uh, not one of the ones that was just updated. It's a, a version back. Uh, so what's, what's interesting about this is that I just updated this computer maybe two or three months ago. And before that, I was using a Mac Pro from 2005. So it, yeah. it was seven years old and I was recording an entire band live when we were doing rehearsals into Pro Tools, which, you know, anybody that you ask, when you re- start recording live audio, and that that's really processor intensive, you know, in order. And, and I had, you know, waveforms were going and everything else. And it would record for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours at a time. I would just, it's it's very scary changing that hardware out when it works. Oh, it's very scary. And the only reason that I did it is that after seven years of using this one computer, a new piece of music hardware came out that wasn't compatible with that system. So for the first time in seven years, it wasn't compatible. And I said, wow, you know, what do I do now? And I sat for months wondering what I should do. And I really wanted to use this new piece of hardware. 
And finally, I just said, okay, well, I, it's got to be done. I have to do it. So what, what was the hardware that pushed you over, just out of curiosity? It was the Universal Audio Satellite. What does uh, that do? It, uh, well, in order to use Universal Audio's plugins, you need uh, a PCI card. And, okay. and you plug it in, and then it, it basically offloads a lot of the, um, of the DSP right to the card. Well, the problem was that you needed a PCI card, so Universal Audio uh, couldn't be used on an iMac. It couldn't be used on you know anything that didn't have a PCI slot. So last year, yeah. they came out with this uh, external satellite where you can plug it in uh, via FireWire, and be able to use their plugins, which was, you know, a great thing because they're, they're my favorite plugin company for audio plugins. So now I can use that satellite and I also have the PCI card, but it just doubles up on the amount of plugins that I can use when I'm mixing a song or something. Now, you know, I don't know the background of your music because like, I know that you did the song for the angry Mac back pastors podcast, for instance, and I know you play the guitar, but I don't know how this all fits together. Did So do you produce bands or do you have your own? Uh, I've had uh, my own. I write songs. Mostly I, I, I play guitar and I play and talk about it all the time just because I love it. You know, I love to play guitar and I, I love coming up with uh, new sounds and new ways to do things. So, you know, I have sitting in front of me right now, I have, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, there's another four or five over there. Oh, there's a couple more, say 12 audio interfaces, uh, just in, in my immediate eyesight, um, of that I use, with my computer. So, you know, that's part of my music workflow, uh, depending wow. on, on what I want to do. So my music workflow is, is a bit more complicated than my, my, uh, loop workflow, uh, because I like to try all kinds of new things. So, you know, that's why I talk about it on amplified and I, I write about it just because it's interesting. And, you know, it, I came from the old, analog world so you know pedals and and uh real amplifiers and stuff like that so i can kind of bridge that gap for a lot of people that you know are are older but want to get into some of the new types of of audio interfaces and recording and things like that i've been there you know i've done all that so i still have in my my studio here i've 17 guitars um couple of keyboards eight amps um you know all kinds of stuff and do you have uh do you like have bands come in and do you do audio for them as well or is it just your own bands no just just my own yeah you know i'll uh i'll help out people you know if they if they need it but otherwise it's you know i don't make any any money off of audio stuff i I, I basically write about that and talk about that the same way as, as the loop. I write, I talk about what I want, you know, and that makes it really easy for me. I talk about the, uh, the guitars that, that I like to play and, you know, it, it does help people out. And I, yeah. I like that. I, I, I really do. I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting 
way to to help people when you're writing about technology all day long. And just before I came on uh, to to talk to you guys, I posted a picture of one of my Jackson guitars and then sat down and, and played for 10 or 15 minutes, you know, just because I love to do it. You know, I've, yeah, I'm I, I'm like that. I I play the piano, and it's the same thing. I'm terrible. At I, you're, I'm, I'm sure you're much more talented than I am. But just sitting down and and unwinding and playing the piano for an hour, it was really relaxing to me. And that is a big part too. I mean, some days yeah. when I'm having, I could be really angry, you know, upstairs uh, working and and just having a bad day, you know, and I'll come down and just sit in here and turn the music up and sometimes i'll i'll come down and play some you know some old blues and just unwind a little bit and other times i'll come down and play some metal and you know make myself even worse (laughs) Um, and then you go write a post about um rim that's exactly right (laughs) you know and i've got uh, uh a few acoustics um you know i'm just a a beautiful Taylor acoustic that I think is one of my favorite guitars of all time. Uh, and you know, I, I write some songs and you know, it's, it's therapeutic as much as being fun. Do you, and I know you use pro tools. You're not a, you're not a logic guy. I've Um, I've used logic quite a bit too, but yeah, I, I like pro tools better. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. We had a musician on our show, Johnny Nittle, who talked about, um, he writes for Hollywood, writes, you know, music bits for TV shows and whatnot. And he uses pro tools as well. I think a lot of guys do that. Yeah. And, and like, like you, he's very nervous. He doesn't want to upgrade and like kill a plugin. Oh no, you can't, you can't do yeah. that. I mean, my, I just, uh, maybe three or four weeks ago, I just upgraded my music system to lion. So my music, yeah. my music system is a year behind the current release always because by the time I upgrade it, all the plugins and everything have been updated to make sure that they all work. If I upgraded to mountain lion on my music machine, I'm running a risk that there's going to be something in there that doesn't work properly. And I, I just, I can't have that. I, I have yeah, to it, make sure that it works. And it's got to make those guys crazy that Apple's now in the one-year release cycle, so they're going to be constantly updating their their plugins to to work. Well, I mean, you you have to. Well, it, it, they're, if they're developers, then they have those releases, and they'll know if they they work. But the music companies sometimes some of them are are slower to release items, and it's not as critical for me. But imagine a studio that you go in, you update all your machines, and then all of a sudden. You know, you can't open up a music session in a studio. That would be terrible. I mean, that's their livelihood. So I I work on it as if it's a, a studio. I don't update yeah. anything um, for the, the year. And that's what I did with this one. And I was nervous when I updated to Lion. I was sitting there with my fingers crossed, hoping that everything yeah. was going to work. There's some really cool stuff going on with the iPad and music. Have you done any of that? I have. Um, the The iPad and music is very interesting because it's starting to to grow very quickly. When people started looking at things that you could do with with guitars 
And I remember sitting down with some of the, the big guitar and music hardware and software manufacturers when the iPad first came out. And, you know, they were saying, how cool would it be if you could actually plug something into the iPod, iPad and then plug your guitar in? And, you know, we were yeah. talking about everything that, that could happen with that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they started coming out with this stuff. And the, I, the iPad is so powerful uh, of a machine that you can, you can actually run a guitar signal in there, process it, and output it. I mean, that's, that, that's a lot of power. Yeah, but it is, isn't it? It's something when, when you're on, um, you know, a tour bus and you want to jam, you, you, you want something that sounds good. You know, you, you want to be able to have your tone when you plug in an electric guitar and you want to play, you want to have your tone. So having that, um, amp software in, the iPad is very important and being able to connect to it, then you can start to write songs when you're anywhere, really. I mean, a hotel room or wherever you are, you can, you can write songs. That's, I mean, it's, it's like for you and I and, and Katie being able to, to record a podcast wherever you are, or being able to write a story wherever you are. That's what it's like for a musician. They want to be able to do that as well. Yeah. So which apps do you use on the iPad? Uh, I use uh, IK Multimedia stuff, Amplitude, uh, great stuff. I use uh, AmpKit for uh, a lot of the uh, high-gain stuff. Um, sometimes I use GarageBand, but not as much as, I, I guess being a guitar player, I just like to jump right into the uh, uh, to the amp recording. Um, yeah. And I, uh, on the, to, to plug in Apogee Jam, which is, you know, Apogee is really high end, uh, recording gear, but they make some spectacular, uh, hardware and the, the jam actually plugs into your, your iPad, but it'll also plug into your Mac, uh, through, a, a dongle. You know, you, you take the one one out uh, that has the iPad connector and plug another one in that has a USB connector so it'll plug into your Mac. So you actually get two interfaces in one with that. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at it now. I didn't even know this existed. Oh, yeah, that's... that's I, I mean, I knew, I knew that these were out here. I didn't know Apogee had one. And Guitar Jack uh, from Sonoma Wireworks. Um, I actually know uh, those guys. Uh, uh uh, Doug and Michelle own the company and they, they're just, they're great people. And, you know, they work really hard on making the best products that they can. And they do. Those are, those are really good. Um, and of course, you know, the iRig from Amplitube, uh, from IK Multimedia. Yeah. That's the, that's kind of the original one, isn't it? Yeah. And the difference with, with Amplitube and, uh, the other two is that Amplitude plugs into the headphone slot, where the other two plug into the dock connector. So they're, it's it's a digital um, connection. So yeah, you know you get a cleaner sound in there. So do you ever do you ever work with MIDI at all? Do you do any MIDI stuff? Uh, when I do MIDI, it's mostly with drums. I I don't 
I don't mess around with MIDI too much because I guess being, you know, coming from the, the old style, I, I, I like to, to deal with, you know, sounds as opposed yeah. to, to MIDI. So, um, yeah, it can make you crazy too, that you can go in and adjust notes and everything, you know, it's yeah. just, uh, but the, uh, for, for the piano stuff I do, it makes sense. I, Cause my keyboard is just a Yamaha keyboard. It feels like a piano. I forget what the technical term for it is, but it has a good touch. Uh, and it's got a MIDI port in the back. So I've got a MIDI uh, to USB cable, and then I put that into the camera connection kit into the iPad and GarageBand, and it records really well. So when I play the piano, it's capturing basically a MIDI signal from it. And then I can take that on my Mac and put it in Logic or put it in GarageBand and, and start doing stuff with it. And uh, I try not to play with the MIDI too much unless I really like hit an extra note or something, which I'm fully capable of doing. And then, you know, I'll put strings in or, or percussion or whatever, you know. I, I play like Thelonious Monk music, so I'm, I'm a different music track than you are. But uh, Oh, nice. You know, yeah, well, it's that way you don't know if I'm hitting the right notes or not. So <laughs> that, that helps. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so much that you can do with, with music. It, it, I, I, I took... A little while ago, I took a, a piano part from uh, Apple's Loops, put it, put the piano parts in, added my own drums that I recorded in, that I put in, in through MIDI and drum fills, and then printed those out on other tracks. So I had audio to work with then. Yeah. So I had, you know, the audio piano, the audio drums, and then I plugged in a keyboard and added for the chorus added violins and french horns and you know shakers and stuff like that uh, just as you know and then for the intro of where the piano was i i played electric guitar a solo you know really slow um but it was kind of a you know it was sort of a heavy uh hard rock sound guitar so that it really cut through what was coming in the piano and all that stuff together sounded really nice yeah you know isn't it amazing you can just create that yeah in your basement yeah have you ever heard of an app called band in a box yes yeah see i i love that i mean the idea that you can just it's a it's an app that you just put changes in and you pick a midi style a music style and it does use midi at least it it did the last time I used it. Now I know, I believe they have some actual recordings for some of their stuff, but you just type in the changes. Like if I want to play giant steps, I can type in the changes, crank up the tempo and just, just pull out my sax and go for it, you know? Yep. And it's like having a band in a box. It's really quite remarkable. It's been around forever, but it just keeps getting better. Well, what, what people need to, to realize now is that applications like uh, for drums, um, Steven Slate drums or uh, the drum apps from TuneTrack, those aren't just MIDI drums. Those are actually played in a studio and recorded hit by hit. So when you put them all together, those are actually multi-track hits, you know, that can be, be done with velocity and and everything else as if a real drummer was sitting down and you were listening to him play. So, yeah. so it's, it's no, it's come so far in, in the last 10 years or so, uh, to being something that sounded really fake, uh, to something that, yeah, you actually have the drummer from this great band 
uh, sitting in a studio for weeks sometime, you know, hitting a drum, hitting one snare hit. And that's what you get. So you can, yeah. you can make your drums and, and your music sound real live. Yeah, there, there really, there still is no substitute for sitting down with a group of people and playing music. But no. when you don't have time and, and you want to experiment and you don't have a group of guys who have unlimited time to sit around and while you experiment and figure things out, you just can't beat these tools out here. I, I, um, I think I talked on the show we did with Johnny about how when I was a kid, I would record with two Sears tape recorders <laughs> and I would have one on each side of the piano and I'd record one and then I'd play it back and play back with it and record to the other, you know, kind of like the rudimentary ping pong. Yeah. And by the time I got to like the third or fourth recording, the first one was completely gone. And if, if I had something like garage band back in those days, I mean, I'm not sure I'd be here right now. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. The tools that are available uh, for, musicians these days but think about it. i mean it's amazing the tools for writers these days too i mean anybody yeah. can log on to the internet today and go to you know squarespace or wordpress.com or typepad or whatever and have a website up and running and, and they can be writing within half an hour yeah and, and you can have a platform i mean when we were growing up there was a couple media companies that that covered the newspapers and there was a couple television channels that covered TV and that's how you found out anything. Yeah. And that's not, you know, that's not normal. I mean, if you go back far enough, like the founding fathers, each one of them had their own newspaper. Yeah. You know, each one with each, you know, wacky political <laughs> idea had their own newspaper and it was just common that everybody would be a publisher. And then for, I don't know, I guess starting in the early 20th century for about a hundred years, that that changed where people didn't have a way to get the word out about what they thought. And now we do. And that, I guess that's a good way to come back. I mean, this, this whole thing is, is all expression. I mean, what you're doing on the loop and the way, even just the way in which you're saying it um, and music. And we, it's, it's a fantastic world that we live in now, at least in that regard, that we can all have a voice. And if we have something interesting to say, we can put it out there. And if people are interested in it, they can find it. Well, and that's exactly it. And there's so many choices now, you know, and that's why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm su surprised and, and grateful every day, every month that uh, people continue to come back to the loop because I know that there are a lot of choices out there for, for them to read. Yeah. Katie and I feel the same way mm -hmm. that we can give this podcast and people want to listen to it. Uh, I'm amazed and thankful every day. Jim, where's all this going? Uh, Obviously, the music industry and everything is taking more of a shift digital. And, and you just said there's no replacement for jamming with a live band and doing all of these things. Are we going to lose some of this in the next decade, in the next 10 years as we make this shift? Are, are you not going to have, maybe not you, but, but hmm. other people are not going to have a dozen guitars in their basement because they don't need them? All they have to do is flip a switch and they can automate the sound. I know you can do that to some degree already. Do, do we have to be careful that we don't lose some of that analog sound, that analog, just whether it be in music or, or everything? You know, that's, it, it's a, it's a great point that you bring up because the more we go into digital, the more people are trying to get the analog sound back. So it, it is kind of interesting that, 
you know, the whole industry is moving in this, this digital way so that, you know, I could sit down here and record and, and uh, mix an entire album, but people still want that, uh, you know, the, the old hiss of an album, you know, and they, they really want that. So yeah, we do have to, to kind of be careful as we, we move to, to more electronic that we don't lose a, a lot of the essence of the music and I, i've got the solution already oh good well then yeah i i can now because we've got you on the show you know and you are always well informed um this is your chance to give me one of those yeps <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> say two words just two words macbook tube that's all well there you go okay. yeah there you go there see I mean, maybe vacuum tube MacBook. Maybe you should have given me the yup. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) moving on. Um, And it's you got to get. Although you have to get a two twenty current in your house first. Well, of course you can use it. You got to heat that baby up. And it's not just with music that you have to be worried about losing some of these things. It's in writing too. I mean, how many people? you know, can't write, can't proofread, can't, you know, just have lost it. But yeah. I I mean, if you look at it, it's across all industries. I mean, you have writing and I've never pretended to be um, a great writer. I I have something to say and I go out and say it never pretended to be a great musician, but you know, I have something to say in my music and I go and do it. But this, this goes on in film. Uh, You know, there, there are some, amazing uh, directors and amazing people that can see images and see um, scenes differently than what we can. I mean, I may look at it and see nothing. Uh, Stanley Kubrick may see something amazing, you know, and that's what we end up seeing in a film. But now, you know, you have some independent filmmakers that are coming up and, you know, are, are we gaining or losing in, in what's happening? Um, you know, I think in a lot of ways we're gaining. I, I just think that we have to, to be careful. Photography is the same way. A lot of great digital, um, photographers, you know, um, it's, it's good to see things pushing ahead, but I, I'm always, I'm always one that likes to, I don't know, keep, a keep something of the past in there. And maybe right. that maybe that's just because of uh, my age. I mean, maybe you know, the kids now they they don't care about keeping something of the past. They just want to move ahead, and that, that well, that, that they don't be, have a past. Well, that's the difference. That that's you true. Know, you know, when I the medium is, go ahead. When I record, when I record music, I I like to, uh, you know, try different things with technology, but. I like to, I, I know what space I have in, in certain frequencies and I like to utilize that space. And that kind of, you know, it kind of gives it that, that old sound, uh, you know, without creating a bunch of fake space that you can use. Um, so that's just, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. Moving back into the technology realm a little bit how do you handle all of these data files? Um, obviously you've probably got some massive hard drive space in this MacBook pro, but how do you just logistically manage the backing up? If you're, 
you know, something were to spark up and the, the house were to go up or, you know, backup strategies and, and just making sure you don't lose all of the stuff that has taken hours and well, really years and decades of your life to create. Yeah, uh, that's um, that's something that I learned early on. Unfortunately, the first uh, few years of of Mac Central was backed up onto a hard drive and the the hard drive just went bad and we lost everything uh, that I, happens yeah and we didn't have another backup that was it so you know we lost uh, you know the first few years of our history um now i have everything is backed up automatically on time machine and then there's an offsite backup as well and of course the the site is is uh, all taken care of automatically. Uh, but for my files, you know, if, if anything happens and I've got, I've got the backups there, it's important to me to have that. Now, unlike before when, you know, you years ago, you'd write a story and then you would try and, you know, you kind of had to shoehorn it down to the web. It wasn't like it is now with, uh, as yeah. easy as it is now, uh, you know, with WordPress and these types of systems. Now I don't keep local copies. I don't need local copies. Everything is on the web and everything is backed up. Everything is in the cloud somewhere. Yeah. So I can always and, get And it I doesn't need. necessarily even have to be in the cloud. With WordPress, you can make a local backup of the entire site as well. Right. And I'm, sh- I'm sure your guys probably are doing that. Yes. I mean, everything is is taken care of on the site side. So, you know, if if not for some of the longer stories and, you know, BB Edit and some of the ways that I just feel comfortable in working, uh, I could probably just put it all uh, in WordPress and just leave it there and, you know, have it be backed up and have access to all of that stuff. But... Yeah, my my local machine isn't isn't what it used to be. It used to be, you know, a documents folder that was jam filled with years of stories, and I just don't have that anymore. I, yeah, I, I went through the same thing with with my site. I, for a long time, I had a Scrivener file where I wrote every article in Scrivener, and then I just keeping it. And I guess I for vanity, I wanted to see how many words I was writing. And at some point, I just got to the issue where I just post it. And and I get backups of the site, and everything should be fine. You know, I'm looking back in my in my documents folder on on this machine, and it goes back to stories written in October 29th, 2003. Yeah, that's old. It's not that old. I guess on the internet, it's old. Yeah, yeah, it is on <laughs> yeah. the internet for sure. Adobe releases yeah. Creative Suite. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now that's old. Wow, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. No, I'm just going to ask you, what other tools are you using on your Mac? What are, what are kind of your favorite utilities that we need to tell people about that are just so important to your workflow? Oh, oh yeah, I do have. Tell uh, us all I, about I, your stuff, all your cool stuff, the cool stuff that you can tell us about, because we know there's a lot of cool stuff you can't tell us about. Well, let me get my, uh, my computer and make sure I don't miss anything. No. Um, the, my, my day really goes through Twitter 
and mm -hmm. reader. I love reader. Um, yeah. Great RSS reader. Uh, something that I've been using for a long time. One of the best. Now, are you managing most of that on the Mac, or are you like consuming it on the iPad? And how, how are you doing that, or combination? Well, most of it goes uh, on the Mac, but I also have it on my iPad and iPhone, and I have one central repository for everything that I like, and that's Instapaper. So yeah. everything that I do, you know, I'll be going through my my rss feeds and no matter which device i'm on i always know it'll be an instapaper if i like it because you just click the button and boom it's gone so you don't even have to click the button in reader if on the ipad you can just slide it did you, did you figure that trick out no oh, okay oh, yeah, so there's, there's a, a there's a setting there, yeah there's a setting in reader where if you just drag the article i believe to the left instead of sending it to the archive or whatever it'll send it to instapaper well how about that yeah you got to check that out. See, you just that's made my right. life easier. All right. Well, hey, that's you know, what we do. I, that's that's what I'm here for. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to send you another Heineken now. Uh, well, this one's this one's done. So you know, well done. I would I, imagine I think I do it's need done. another one. Yeah, I would hope it's done. It's been an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do have my priorities. I got this mute button here, and I'm taking care of this thing. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, reader is a, a big thing for me. Um, I, I like it. It's just got a great interface, easy to use. And, uh, with, I have the, um, on the Mac, I have the Instapaper button up top. So I have the, yeah. the copy link button, the Instapaper button, the browser button. Uh, those are the ones that, uh, that I have up there. I, I don't need the others. So, uh, I can quickly go up and, you know, if it's a story that I want to post right away, I can just grab the copy button and copy that link and take it over to WordPress or MarsEdit, um, the Instapaper button. If, I go, if I'm going through a lot of stuff, and I'll, I'll usually go through it and just click the Instapaper button for things that I like. When I'm done, I'll go back to Instapaper and, and then really start to sort through all the things that... Uh, that I like or don't. And that's, that's the time when you look at something and say, uh, no, I don't think so. Really. Yeah. It looked good at the time. Not so good when I, when I make it all the way through and you delete that stuff, you weed through it and then you start posting what's left. So, you know, it's just a matter of, of, uh, weeding through the stuff. And I, and honestly, I don't have a whole lot of stuff in, in reader. I have, my my main folder my gym folder um that are all the people that i really like to read you know and and though that's the main folder for me the rest of it is just kind of peripheral stuff you know there's some music stuff in there um there's uh the mac all the mac sites uh that i i would read but a lot of times I'll look through the Mac stuff and just, you know, kind of scroll through um, and get to the end and Merck always read. Yeah, because you, you do post to stuff that's not related to Apple, and yeah. it's usually pretty interesting. So I know you must have a lot of interesting stuff in your reader uh, uh, feeds that you're subscribing to. Yeah, and, and you know, that's all in, that's all the stuff in the, the gym folder. You know, those are the things that I find interesting, and I... I guess the way that I look at it is that if I find something interesting enough to read, 
then somebody else is going to find it interesting too. So typically if you find something posted to the loop, it's because I found it interesting. So, you know, I mean, it can be, and you can go crazy with this stuff. I, you know, for as much as I like to talk about the Mac and I have a podcast and a website, if you look in my feed, really there's the Macworld feed and the loop. And those are the only, what I would call fire hose type sites. And I'm not even sure you guys are really a fire hose. You don't have enough, you don't post enough, but between those two, I get pretty much anything I need to know about it. I don't need to hear the same story like 12 times. Well, and that's, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I think that people are coming to the loop, not just because here's a, a story, but to get our take on that story. And, you know, like the, the Amazon thing the other day. Uh, I noticed that the mainstream media was saying, oh, Amazon sold out of the Kindle Fire and they now have 22% of the, the tablet sales. Well, yeah, 22%, but they don't tell you how many they sold. Right. I mean, <laughs> and, and somebody needed to say, wait a minute, Reuters, Bloomberg, you know, you're all just just taking their word for this. You can't do that. You You have to say, well... They didn't sell out uh, of Kindles. They stopped production of Kindles. There's a big difference. And, yeah. and for, for, for a company to come out and say that they sold out of one of their top-selling products, that's not a good thing. That means that they're not managing their channel very well. You know, you should be hitting them for that, not complimenting them for it. Well, this is a good time for us to announce that we have now sold out of the Mac Power User supercomputers, the uh, best computer in the world. Uh, we have sold out. So sorry. Yeah, there you go. We didn't See? make a, we didn't make enough of them. Actually, we didn't make any of them. But that doesn't change the fact that we're sold out. No. So you know, it's it's things like that that I think are important um, for people. They see the headlines. And they read it and say, oh, wow, I guess Amazon's doing really well. Well, you know, no, you got to you got to turn that on its head and say, wait a minute. Why? Why? Why are they sold out? Well, they don't make them. How can they have 22 percent market share when they haven't released any numbers, any sales numbers ever? How can I can you have 22 percent and looking at all the industry um, there's no possible way that they can have 22% with the market share that Apple has and the market share that the Android tablets have. Yeah. There's just no way. Well, maybe, well, maybe there's actually 18,000% market share. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's new math. It's new math. <laughs> well, yeah, I, this may be off topic. I, a few times in my day job, I have been involved with something that became of notice to press, whether it's local or even a couple times national. And every time, so I've had a lot of inside knowledge about what was going on. And every time I've read the, uh, the reporting of it, they got so much of it wrong. And some of it was maybe due to sloppiness. Maybe a lot of it was due to the fact that they just don't know that it really has tainted my opinion of anything I read in, in national media because I'm, I'm weighing it against that same lever saying, well, wait a second. The time I knew what was going on, they had no clue. So why would they know now? Yeah. Yeah. 
and and you know it's i i think that's the space that that i saw that wasn't filled you know i i don't want every story to be you know correcting this or or that from a press release or or another story but i think it's important on these big stories to for somebody to say step back just a second and think about this yeah if i can do that then that's great well please keep doing it because we love it and uh like i said daisy my wife is reading it so you can't shut it down ever now because if you do, then she's not going to have any idea what I'm talking about. Well, I'm going to have to say hi to Daisy sometime. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, Jim, it's been great having you on the show. Um, in addition to everything else you do, you make a fantastic podcast with Dan called Amplified. And uh, was that Thursdays you guys do that show? When do you record that show again? Uh, Wednesdays. Yeah, see, I, I, it's my yard work show, you know? I have different shows I do different stuff to. I pull weeds when I listen to you guys talk. Nice. So, yeah, that's my thing. You know? um, but it's just I, a I'm great usually show. on the treadmill. It's usually my weekend gym show. Okay. It's funny how that works. Well, see, isn't it? Now, now I don't have to exercise because Katie does it for me. I'll do it for you. Don't yeah. worry about it. And awesome. I'm pulling weeds. There's got to be some calories going out that way, right? Well, there's oh, a few. I hate not pulling as, weeds. Not, yeah, I know, so do I. Not as much as uh, treadmill, though. Especially if I pull weeds with a Heineken in my hands, right? I, I think something's being offset there. Yeah. I don't know. I think I should start doing more podcasts this way. I'm much more relaxed. Good. <laughs> Good. Have a few more. <laughs> well, you should, everybody should definitely check out Amplified over on 5 by 5 It's it's a great show. I I always like hearing what you have to say because, like I said, a lot of times you, you t- all the time you tell it what like it is and a lot of the times you say what i what i wish i could say and uh, usually you formulate it a lot better than i could have so <laughs> i i appreciate it and i always look forward to a new episode it's one of my must listen to podcasts thank you both of you I, I really appreciate it yeah well thanks a lot jim and we will see you next time anytime i'm so glad we got a belly laugh out of jim because <laughs> if we hadn't i would have felt kind of disappointed yeah. Like I hadn't done my job. Yeah, what a great show. And 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 if you haven't, please check out Amplified. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Absolutely cannot miss it. And Jim is just so insightful. He he knows things and you know, sometimes he lets things slip. I don't think he lets anything slip. Everything is, is everything is, is yeah, yeah choreographed well. maybe. <laughs> but he knows stuff, man. He knows stuff. He knows things. Anyway, so how do you get a hold of us? Well, you can find links to everything that we talked about uh, on our website. That's at 5by5.tv slash MPU or at MacPowerUsers.com. Hey, let us know what you think about MacPowerUsers.com. We're thinking about switching it over and to Squarespace and maybe updating the site. I'm not sure how many people actually go there. So give us some feedback. We'd appreciate it. Yep. Um, you can also get us email to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com. Right. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter. The show is at Mac Power Users. I'm at Katie Floyd, and David is at Max Sparky. Yeah, and uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor for today, Smile Software, the exclusive sponsor, uh, makers of fine products like PDF Pen and Text Expander. And thank you to Smile for, for their longtime support of our show. And uh, we love iTunes comments, so if you have a chance, drop us a line on iTunes. And uh, we'll be back next week with more Mac Power Users goodness and... Lots of feedback.
See you then.